All right, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm super excited to have you here and to talk about the topic of the day today. The topic of this episode is how to know you're in a calorie deficit without counting calories. This is a really interesting one. And to be honest with you, not really a topic I ever thought I'd write or do a podcast about. Um, but here we are. I, uh, you know, have just learned over the years of uh, tracking nutrition, counting calories, having different body weight goals myself, and working with a lot of different clients with a lot of different goals and a lot of different preferences regarding how to pursue those goals that you need to be able to have a number of different ways to navigate to whatever the goal might be. Because like I said, everybody's different and everybody has different preferences and opinions on how to go about the process. So I put an article together on this topic. The topic of this episode is the same uh, title of the article on my website, how to know you're in a calorie deficit without counting calories. So I will probably reference that article a few times throughout this episode. And if you want to learn more about what we're going to dive into here uh, today, head over to my website, chrisgatesfitness.com. You'll find that article and a lot of uh, additional details uh, about this topic. But um, that's going to be the topic of the day. Like I said, I'm super excited to have you here. Before we dive in, as always, I start these podcast episodes off with uh, just a general thought, something that's been on my mind, and it, it may or may not apply to the topic of the episode. This one isn't necessarily about being in a calorie deficit, counting, tracking, nutrition, losing weight, anything like that. It's about building muscle. And this is something that's been on my mind because I think people underestimate how simple you can make exercising and lifting weights to build muscle and make progress. Uh, because I think people want to almost want to overcomplicate the process and try to do the most exotic uh, workout routines and try to do the most crazy exercises and target a very, you know, particular part of each muscle group to build it up. And a lot of people want to do tons and tons and tons of sets and reps and lift as much weight as possible, all this stuff. And I think so many people miss the point of how to build muscle. And the point of building muscle is not, the process is not about trying to beat your body into the ground. You're not trying to beat your body into oblivion and have to literally pick yourself up off of the gym floor to leave and go home every day. That's not what this process is supposed to look like. What the process of building muscle is supposed to look like is using things like progressive overload, consistently challenging yourself just a little bit more in a number, any number of ways in every training session as compared to the previous time you did that training session. It's really about repeating the same exercises over and over and over and over again so that you can get really good at them, get your form and technique dialed in so that you can move weight, a lot of weight with perfect technique and target that muscle group that you're trying to build. And then after all of that, it's it's really about training responsibly, like we just talked about, and giving your body a stimulus it can recover from. If you can't, if you're doing so much work in the gym that you can't recover from it, 
then you're never going to get the results that you're looking for because quite simply you're doing too much. And that's what I mentioned earlier. I think a lot of people just do way too much. Like I was in the gym recently and I saw somebody doing 15 sets of triceps in one in one session and you know that's not the only session they're doing triceps and also there's a number of other exercises that aren't specific to the triceps but have you working your triceps like any type of pressing movements um and that's not because people you know just throw all of the all of the you know, research evidence and, and, and good reasoning out the window when they're going into the gym is because they simply don't know. And I think that's unfortunate. So hopefully this message can, can, can reach you in the right way and just let you know, if you want to build muscle, it's not about pain. Stop chasing pain and punishment and start chasing some of these other things that I just discussed. Okay. With that, let's dive into the topic of the day, which is How to know you're in a calorie deficit without counting calories. So kind of like how I led this episode off, not everyone is interested in counting calories and I get that. It's an extra piece to the puzzle and the process that maybe you're not ready for right now or maybe you've tried it and you hate it uh, or maybe it's just confusing to you or you don't have time to do it. And that's okay because you can still get in a calorie deficit and lose weight without ever having to count a single calorie. Um, And that's exactly what we're going to break down in today's episode. Um, If you've heard the term calorie deficit before, you know it's really the magic piece to the puzzle for burning body fat. And if you haven't heard of that term before, um, that probably means this is the first time you've listened to my podcast because we talk about it all the time because it's very, very important. I mean, it's the number one thing you have to do. You have to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight, to lose body fat. So if you're not familiar with it, you're about to learn a ton of really valuable information and I'm excited to dive in. Um, Simply being in a calorie deficit means you need to be consuming fewer calories from food than your body burns each day. And um, to be quite frank with you, the most effective way to get in a calorie deficit is to manually and physically track your nutrition each day. I have the vast majority of my clients track their food each day because that's really the way to dial it in and just understand exactly how much you are taking in each day. And when you know that, it makes it that much easier to manipulate the variables and figure out what tweaks you can make to your nutrition to get you in a calorie deficit and experience the progress that you're looking for. But like I said, That's not the only way to get it done, and that's where this episode is going to come in handy. So I'm going to walk you through exactly how to know you're in a calorie deficit without counting calories. And what I want to do is start by breaking down just a few additional details about calorie deficits because whether you track nutrition or you don't, if you're losing body fat, if you're losing weight, that means you're in a calorie deficit. So it doesn't matter whether or not you track To lose that body fat, you need to be in a calorie deficit. And so understanding what a calorie deficit is, is really important. And we'll talk a little bit about why tracking is the most effective approach. And then we're going to dive into the meat of it here and talk about specific strategies that you can use to get in a calorie deficit, to stay there and see as much progress as possible. Okay. So like I mentioned at the start, a calorie deficit means you're burning more calories each day or each week than you are consuming from food. And there are a number of ways to create a calorie deficit. 
What I want to do, though, is start by outlining a few of the things that you probably should not do. Um, because sometimes looking at the don'ts help us figure out what the do's are, if you will. So you should not try to burn as many calories as possible each day. And if you've listened to the podcast before, we've been through this. You, you know my take on that. And, and if you haven't, um, it is just quite simply uh, a, a flawed approach from, from a number of perspectives. For one, there is actually no... Uh, accurate or even kind of accurate way to know how many calories you're burning each day. Your Apple Watch may tell you, uh, your your Fitbit, your Whoop band, whatever you're wearing, the cardio machine may tell you a number, how many calories you burn in a workout or in a day. Uh, those are, we, we have research evidence to show that those numbers that those devices spit out are highly, highly inaccurate. So you can't do that. Also, trying to burn calories, as many calories as possible each day is just going to, over time, establish a really unhealthy connection for you between fitness and food, and we don't want that. Number two, you should not restrict your calories as much as possible. And this boils down to, you know, it, it, if you burn 2,000 calories a day, then if you eat 1,000 calories a day, you cut that in half, you're trying to like eat as little food as possible because you think, well, if I eat as little food as possible, I will lose as much weight as possible. Again, that's not really how this stuff works. And that is going to lead you to burn out in like three or four days, go on a three or four day binge and end up right back where you started, if not in an even worse place. Okay. So we don't want that. We want consistent progress. Uh, you should not eliminate entire food groups or macronutrients. I know that a lot of diets that are popular promote that, like the keto diet, get rid of all your carbs, you'll lose a ton of weight. Yeah, you, you will lose weight with that, but is it sustainable? Again, we're looking for sustainable progress here. Um, and something that is sustainable is going to be something that you could do for your entire life. Going on keto to lose a bunch of weight to then in the future, putting carbs back into your diet, but not really having any type of plan or experience with managing your weight while you're eating carbs is probably going to lead to you gaining a bunch of weight back. So we don't want that. Um, and really, you should not drastically change any aspect of your daily routine. There's no reason to do that. Once again, we want sustainable progress here. So you should make this plan fit within what your daily lifestyle looks like. And of course, you're going to have to change some, some aspects of your daily lifestyle to make the progress you're looking for. Obviously, we have to make behavior change, but it should not be so drastic that what your day looks like today, as compared to if you're starting your program tomorrow, it should not like look like two different people, okay? This is you. We need to fit things within what you your demands are every day, what you like, what you dislike, all that good stuff. So uh, not doing those things are for very specific reasons. Um and I outlined them, but at the end of the day, it comes down to managing a healthy relationship between your goals, between fitness, and the food that you eat. All you need to do is consume fewer calories than your body burns each day, right? Like we've been over this now a few times here at the start of this episode. So if you burn that 2,000 calories a day, eating anything below 2,000 calories will over time result in weight loss and reductions in body fat over time because you would be in a calorie deficit. So uh, typically a good place to start with a calorie deficit is trying to be in a deficit of somewhere between 300 to 500 calories of a calorie deficit each day. So say you burn that 2000 calories a day, 
try eating 1700 calories to start and give that a few weeks and see how your body responds to it. One pound of fat in the human body is equal to about 3,500 calories. So theoretically, if you were in like a daily deficit of 500 calories uh, every day for an entire week, you could expect to lose a pound of body fat in that week, which is perfectly reasonable, perfectly sustainable, and something that a lot of people could probably achieve. Now, as I'm spitting these numbers out to you, I do want to be clear. This is going to vary from person to person. So for example, if you are a five foot one female that weighs 105 pounds, you should probably not take 500 calories out of what you're eating right now because you're probably eating low calories to begin with because you're just smaller, your body doesn't need as much. Um, so if you, you know, if you were that size and you were eating like 1400 calories a day and then you remove 500, you're eating 900 calories. Like, so we need to understand this is all very person specific. That's why a lot of people do coaching. And that's why I coach a lot of people to help them make the responsible decisions with the, uh, these numbers. Um, but generally speaking, those are some good places to start or think about starting if you want to get in a calorie deficit and lose weight. And of course, if you, you know, okay, so that's what your calorie deficit might look like. How do you know what, how many calories your body burns each day? Again, that kind of goes back to like, tracking nutrition, weighing yourself, seeing how your body weight evolves over time to see what level of calories causes you to be in weight maintenance. So you don't know right off the bat how many calories your body burns each day, but it's something that you figure out over time. Um, so we've established some of the do's, some of the don'ts. We talked about how your body actually, uh, or we talked about calorie deficit. Now let's talk about how your body actually burns calories, right? Because that's something that's important to discuss as well. And despite popular belief, your exercise routine actually plays a relatively small role in burning calories every day. There's a popular chart, which I've linked in the article uh, on this topic, uh, which once again is on my website, how to know you're in a calorie deficit without counting calories. There's a very popular chart that outlines your body's total daily energy expenditure. And uh, I would encourage you to go to the article and click on this link because it perfectly illustrates the breakdown of how and why uh, your body burns calories. I'll quickly summarize it here, but approximately 90 to 95% of the calories your body burns every day, your daily energy expenditure, it comes from things other than exercise. And these are things like your organs functioning, uh, you know, fidgeting throughout the day, breathing, non-exercise activity like walking around the house, picking up toys after the kids go to sleep, the, you know, re regular things, digesting food. Your body does a lot of processes every day um, and you have a lot of tasks every day that cause you to burn calories that have nothing to do with the workout that you did that day. That last five to 10% of your daily energy expenditure does come from exercise. Um, so while you may want to add a bunch of exercise into your routine in order to lose weight, you can see five to 10% of the impact it could make as opposed to the larger impact of how many calories your body burns each day, trying to burn as many calories as possible is probably not going to be the best or most effective approach, which brings us to nutrition, adjusting your nutrition and being consistent with your nutrition and getting into a calorie deficit is going to be most effective. So I always tell people you're better off forgetting how many calories you think you're burning each day and simply focus on what is going in your mouth. 
If you focus on what is going in your mouth and evaluate your progress over time, you will eventually navigate your way to knowing and understanding what you need to do to lose weight. So let's talk about how to do that. Let's talk about how to know you're in a calorie deficit without counting calories. And real quick, <laughs> that was an unfair tease. I want to talk one more time about tracking nutrition because the focus of this podcast is obviously not about how to track your nutrition to get into calorie deficit. So I'm not going to go, I'm not going to spend too much more time on this, but I've said it before. I'll say it again. Manually tracking your nutrition is going to be the quickest and most effective way to get into a calorie deficit and lose weight. And I said some of these things at the beginning of the episode and, and I want to just backpedal a little bit here because you may think it's time consuming or difficult or an arduous task, but I promise you it is not. There are free tracking apps like MyFitnessPal that make it really, really simple to track your food. And using a, a food scale is really, really simple to track your food. So are using measuring cups. Um, I, I would highly recommend if you haven't done it to try it first before you try to do this process I'm about to outline, which is trying to get into a calorie deficit without counting any calories. Um, on my website, I have a complete, complete breakdown of how to track your macros, which will tell you how to count calories. Um, give, you can give that a read. Also, I have a video on my YouTube channel on how to weigh and measure your food, which could help as well. Um, both of those are linked in the article here, uh, on this topic on my website. So you can check those out as well. Okay. Let's dive into how to know you're in a calorie deficit without counting calories. And first we'll talk about your nutrition. Without specifically counting each calorie that goes in your mouth, you can use some simple strategies to give your body what it needs and, and what it wants to lose body fat, which is again, a calorie deficit. So let's start with protein. If you simply make it a focus of yours to build e each meal around a protein source like chicken or turkey or steak or quinoa beans, whatever you like to eat to get your protein in, you will be off to a fantastic start. Protein is the most filling macronutrient and we have a host of research that shows that high protein diets are associated with a increased feeling of fullness and better adherence to weight loss protocols. Um, so eating a lot of protein is going to make you feel full. It's going to make you feel like you need to eat less to feel satisfied every day. That's a huge win. In addition to protein, we also know that diets that are high in fiber are associated with feelings of greater fullness. So after you select that protein source for your meal, that's where we're going to start. We're going to start with a protein source. After you start with that, let's build around it and start by adding a fruit or a vegetable because a fruit or a vegetable is probably going to be high in fiber. If it comes from the ground, it's probably going to be high in fiber and that's going to help. You can polish off the rest of this meal, right? We have a protein we have a fiber source. You can polish it off by adding a whole nutritious carb source like uh, potatoes or white rice or brown rice or quinoa, anything like that. We're building a plate here, as you can see. Those three things are going to help you build meals that are very high in volume. So that means you get a lot of food for a smaller amount of calories. And oh, since you aren't tracking your nutrition, if you do this, you can have a decently high uh, confidence level that those meals are going to be supporting your goal of being in a calorie deficit and losing weight. Um, but there is a, an additional piece to this puzzle to consider. If we're restricting things to one plate and we have a protein source and a fiber source and a, and a starch or a carb, you're going to have to self-restrict your portion sizes, okay? Um, 
just because you make all the right food choices when you build your meal doesn't mean that you can have unlimited portions of those good choices. Uh, You can very easily eat yourself into a calorie surplus by just eating too much of the right things. Um, which again goes back to why tracking is nice because if you know what number you're trying to hit, you can fit in as much food as possible because you know how many calories you're eating at each meal. Um, so if you're not counting calories, you should limit yourself to that one plate and don't make it absurd and don't pile food on top of food on top of food and tell yourself it's okay because I listened to this one podcast episode where Chris said I could have everything on one plate. (laughs) A protein source, a fruit and vegetable and a carb source at every meal, one plate, responsibly, like an adult, okay? Do that three times a day, and then in addition to those three plates, you can probably allow for a small snack or two throughout the day whenever you have a little bit of a craving. Obviously, those snacks should be small, much smaller than the meal that you're eating with that plate. If you do this three times a day with a snack or two, you're very likely to be in a calorie deficit. I can promise you that. And the way to know if you are in a calorie deficit is to then track your progress. So let's talk about that. You've got a nutrition strategy in place now to know if you're in a calorie deficit without counting calories, but it's time to talk about how to find out if that's actually working. Because at the end of the day, your progress is going to tell you whether or not you're in a calorie deficit. And if you're not counting or if you are counting calories, the only way you know if you're in a calorie deficit is to track your progress. So we're going to do it in three different ways. Three different ways I want you to monitor your progress. Number one, we're going to take your body weight on the scale. That's pretty straightforward. Number two, we're going to do waist measurements. And number three, we're going to look at the visual changes in your body composition, which means we're going to take progress pictures. So let's start with your weight on the scale because that's always the focal point of people trying to lose weight. And in general, yes, your body weight should go down if you're in a calorie deficit and losing body fat. Um, And in general, over time, that is what you would see. But it's not always as cut and dried as if, hey, eating a calorie deficit today and tomorrow your weight will be lower than it was the day before. Because there are so many other factors that are are involved in the process of your weight fluctuating up and down. Uh, Some of those are water retention, your hormones, strength training can cause spikes in body weight. Uh, Building muscle can cause your weight to go up when you're in a calorie deficit. Uh, Cardio, daily stress, things like travel can cause spikes in body weight. You can have physical food weight hanging out in your body after you've eaten and digested it. That can happen and cause your scale weight to look a little funky from time to time. Uh, you could get sick. That could, that's another one. And, and the list goes on and on. Um, so with all those factors playing a role in what your body weight looks like, it's not always going to be the best or most reliable way. And really, that's probably the best way to say it. It's not always the most reliable on a day-to-day basis. It is reliable over extended periods of time. But in the more near term, it's not always the most reliable. So Uh, In addition to weighing yourself every day, which I recommend, and in the article uh, on this topic, there is a link to my article about how to weigh yourself properly, because it's a little more nuanced than you may think, so check that out. In addition to that, I want to go over the other two uh, body composition metrics that I mentioned. So waistline measurements. I want you to take waist measurements every two weeks by wrapping a tape measure around your belly, uh, starting at the top of the hip bone and going straight around your body. And logging that every two weeks, because if your waistline measurements are going down over time, it means you're losing inches and that means you're losing body fat. The most popular place for people to store body fat is in the belly and the abdomen. So that means the first place you're probably going to see it start coming off is 
your waistline. That's why it's important to take waistline measurements. And the second one, progress pictures. Take these once a month. Pick a date on the calendar. If it is September 13th, every 13th of the month, you're going to take progress photos. Take these once a month. Take them from the front, from the left side, the right side, and the back. Men, if you're wearing, if you're taking these, wear shorts. Uh, women, if you're taking these, wear a swimsuit uh, or shorts that don't cover your knees, okay? And uh, we're going to continue to take these once a month and see what your physical changes look like over time. If you add those two measurements into how you track your own progress, you'll be lending a critical eye to all aspects of how your body is or isn't changing over time. And those, in addition to the scale, make it uh, really kind of a a perfect uh, trifecta of, of tracking body composition. If one of those three is improving, all three don't always improve at the same time, but if one of those three are improving, it means you're making progress and you need to keep going. You just need to keep doing what you're doing. If you run into a stretch of time, three weeks or more, really like a month or more, where none of those measures of progress improve, then it may be time to reevaluate what you're doing. Think about, do I need to remove a few calories here, a few calories there? Uh, to get yourself into a calorie deficit. And at the end of the day, whether you're tracking nutrition or not, the, the one thing I want you to really take away is, in addition to all of these techniques, which are really important, you need to be in a calorie deficit for a long time to see real, meaningful, sustainable progress. So I can't stress this enough. Do not put a timeline on this process for yourself, especially when you're not counting calories, because when you're not counting calories, it's going to take you probably a little bit longer to figure out what's working before you can dial things in. Don't make it a race. You're not racing anybody to lose weight. If you do that, you won't approach it in a healthier, sustainable way. And you're more likely to find yourself trying to burn as many calories as you possibly can every day or something like that. Um, so getting into a calorie deficit is the big piece of the puzzle. Um, but it's not the only piece calorie deficit plus time is where you make real meaningful change. I hope you found this episode helpful. I really had a ton of fun putting it together. Um, and like I said a few times, head over to my website, check out the article because uh, there's a lot more good stuff in there and links out to some of these resources that I've mentioned. And additionally, you know, if this is something you think maybe you want some help with, uh, I am a coach and uh, on my website, you'll find my coaching page that uh, has a bunch of client testimonials um, that you can read through to see what some of my clients have had to say about working together and... Um, there's a coaching page that talks about what the coaching process looks like and all that good stuff. So uh, again, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. And I will talk to you again soon.